Welcome to the Business Family Marriage Podcast with Tim Smoyer. Hi, I'm Bill Scott. I am the guy who's responsible for Tim and Dana meeting each other through a radio show I did back in 1997. Now, it's so fun to see them start their marriage life together nine years later as youth workers. At that time, they were making about $14,600 a year, but today they're growing a successful seven-figure business providing YouTube strategy for some of the world's top brands and creators. It's pretty phenomenal to watch. And during that time, they somehow managed to have seven kids in eight years. <laughs> that's, that's, that's crazy. It's almost like a record. Hey, I'm actually a business owner myself. I'm a radio personality who does fundraising for Christian radio stations all over the world. But I'm also a husband and a father, so I know how crazy life can be, like when you're like the Smoyers, trying to manage your business, family, and marriage all at the same time. It's intense. Hello. One of the things I appreciate about Tim is he's willing to try new things when solving many of the problems that come up with the kind of lifestyle uh, that they have, whether it's ongoing work-life balance problems, marriage struggles, business issues, or something else. In this podcast, he shares what he's learning what's worked, what hasn't, and what he's trying next to grow a fruitful business, family, and marriage. For more on that today, here's Tim. Welcome back, parents and entrepreneurs and business owners. Good to have you guys back for another Business Family Marriage podcast episode where I just like to talk about the stuff that's happening in our business and in our family, usually around organizational leadership and how those two things intersect because I'm finding that the things that make my business run really well and make it fruitful and make it profitable are the same things that often help my family run smoothly and make that fruitful as well. And so we've been doing a lot of that here in the business lately this past quarter. We've had a lot going on. Man, we've had... Uh, our whole team is revolving, is focusing our time, revolving around this issue of how do we fix some profitability things. One of the things, the second time I've been through this in the business, which is like things are growing, things are going really good. It's hard to keep up. And so then I start scaling and I start hiring and it catches me every time, like well, the second time now. Um, hopefully I won't have to learn this, learn this lesson again, which is when you start hiring, you start growing your team because to keep up with demand is great. But then all your you have like overhead going up because you got new training to do. And not only from the person you hire, but also the people who are taking away from their normal responsibilities to do the training. And, uh, and, and there's more communication that needs to happen internally. And just the profitability margins decline. And I got Got caught. I was like, "Oh man! Like these things are not nearly as profitable as they used to be, and it was declining pretty rapidly." So our whole team is over this past quarter is spending a lot of time just focusing on where are our biggest leverage points. If there's like one thing, like one lever I can pull that would have the biggest impact, where what is that thing? And so we've determined some of them. And well, we determined one of them. Then that obviously had a ripple effect in the rest of the business of like other things that need to change. So we are working really hard this this quarter. Uh, and I've just been this afternoon now uh, working on updating some stuff, uh, updating some language on our website to better match that of our new target audience that we're going after. Um, I should say new. Well, it's new, but more specific uh, on our business and making sure that when this person that we're going after sees us, they're like, oh my gosh, where have you been my whole life? This is exactly what I need, what I've been what I've been looking for. And it's been a little messy for us because we've been targeting several different audiences. And now we're narrowing it down to just one. 
So um, that's been taking a lot of our time and energy. But I'm taking a break from that this afternoon, just hanging out here in my office, uh, because I've been thinking about this 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 a team accountability thing, accountability both for your employees and for your family team, your kids, and uh, and and work that they're doing, uh, hopefully inside your inside your family chores and things like that. Um, so let's start on the work level first and the business level, and then we'll dive into the into the family level because I think the family. The explanation for the family level will be a lot clearer and easier once we've once we've first identified how this works in a business. So, at work, and here at video creators, especially, maybe not especially, probably less here than other places, actually, people are held accountable to perform certain duties. And the reason that's less here is just because we have a good system, which I'll talk about here in a second, for accountability being in place, but not all just with me. I think when we hear hear the word accountability, what we normally think of is boss, or we normally think of is like, if you don't, then this bad thing happens, right? And it's like consequences. It's it's uh, like you're being accountable, like to do something you don't want to do, but you got to get it done anyway. And if someone else doesn't like the quality of the work you did, then there's like, you know, a discipline or something bad happens. That's not exactly what I'm talking about when I when I think about ca- accountability in, in the context we're talking about here. So on, on the business level, we, people here on my business are held to accountability, um, accountable. But um, I talked about, oh shoot, what episode was it? Let me see if I can look it up while we talk here. Uh, I talked about this a little while ago. Biz, I got to look it up myself. Businessfamilymarriage.com. And click on episodes here. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, an episode on OKRs, objectives and key results. I think it was how I plan to have the best family and business in the world. I think that was it. So back on June 23rd, 2001. So that episode, I talked more about OKRs, objectives and key results. And it's basically a goal setting framework for how we say this is the most important thing we need to get done. And then once that thing is established uh, this quarter, then once that thing is established, then it's how are we going to ensure that that thing gets done by the end of this quarter? What needs to happen and how do we measure if we're on track to getting that thing done, done or not? And I explained in that episode that with, you set the objective and then the key results are the things that by definition, if these key results are true and are accomplished, then by definition, the objective must thereby also be met. And uh, and so I talked about how we do that both in our business, but also in our family. And in terms of like, how do we take new ground as a business? How do we use this framework to to kind of look at the mountain and describe here's how we're going to climb it? And same thing with our family. How does our family overcome obstacles and things that we're facing and, and struggles that we have? And and how do we become a more fruitful family? And, and what are those mountains? And how do we climb that and, and overcome them? It's not what I like about it is that it's not just like a, okay I'm in charge here's my idea everyone do what I say let's ensure that we get to the top it's actually kind of let, let, it flattens the playing field for everyone and everyone has an equal vote everyone has equal say and the perspective of every person is and every uh, yeah every person is brought to the table and considered and voted on by the people. And I commonly usually get outvoted <laughs> on our when we do this in our, as our business. Um, there, there hasn't been a time. I mean, I'm sure I could if I needed to put my foot down and be like, no, like, guys, this has to happen. 
Um, I haven't done that yet. Hopefully I never will. Usually what's happened is there is one thing that I was getting outvoted for, for like three quarters straight. And I'm like, guys, like this is going to catch up with us. I know it doesn't feel urgent now, but if we don't address it now, this is going to be a big problem later, like a business, like a huge, yeah, huge problem for our business later. So we got to start addressing this one before it feels like an issue. Always got outvoted. Next quarter, did it again. Always got outvoted again. Next quarter, got outvoted again. Um, and so what I learned through that process is like, oh, I need, to, I need to actually do a better job at persuading and pitching this and communicating this rather than just being like everyone else should feel this equally as I do, which they don't. So, uh, but after a few quarters, it then eventually got done because I think other people started seeing like, oh, I think he's right here. We should do this. Or they just felt bad for me. <laughs> I don't know, but we got it done. So uh, that's what OKRs are, and the the uh, the objectives and the key results are all determined by us as a group, and then they are all public, like what each person is working on. So we have our team meeting, come to the table every week, and we're like, all right, here's the objectives, what we're trying to do this quarter, and then we all catch up on where we're at with key results. And it's not – what I like about it is it's not just everyone reporting to me. And and the problem with that is, one, then I got to be the one to somehow figure out, is this person pulling their weight or not? Is this person actually making progress? Are they taking new ground? Are they or is this person just kind of like doing the bare minimum to get by? And if they're just reporting to me then I would be the only one who would know that and see that, then that judgment call is on me. And I had to make that that decision. And then I had to explain it to everybody else, which I don't want to do because it throws them under the bus. As opposed to everyone can see if you're pulling your weight or not. <laughs> like this is every week we're reporting into each other and this is where we're at. And this is the problems I'm facing. And the other thing that it does is it helps everyone on the team be able to uh, stay on the same page rather than everyone kind of more easily going off in their own individual silos and and just kind of working on the thing that's important to them. And then people start trying to compete for resources and then one person might have a lot of time on their hands and someone else is just really struggling and they need could use some help like these this is a good check-in every week for us to see who's pulling their weight how is everyone moving forward who's who's on track and has extra time and who's falling behind and needs extra help and and so it makes it it, it makes accountability public with everyone, not just with one person, me, who's trying to figure out, you know, how, how all this is going. And so we can all see who's slipping and and who's why. And I think we know in a business environment, like why team accountability is so important, right? <laughs> because there's a ripple effect. There's a, there's, there's a domino effect that happens if one person is responsible for one thing and then doesn't get it done. And then that someone else is waiting for that person to get it done and they, they can't move forward until this other thing is done. Like, and there's all of these linked things that need to happen in a certain order for something to get done. The team is only going to be as strong as the weakest link, Right. And and so there needs to be accountability. And we do that publicly as a team. So it's not just me. Um, I've only had to want, let one person go so far. And when I did that, I found out later the rest of the team privately and in my monthly one on ones with each of them were like, yeah, we were wondering when that was going to happen to him like that. We saw like we were kind of cute. I'm surprised it took you so long, <laughs> you know, because everybody knew. And I'm like, oh, come on, like this person, you can do it. Like, okay, they just had bad mouth. Okay, this thing's going on. And then after, a, you know, a 
a while, like six months, I was like, okay, this is absolutely a pattern, not just like a one-time thing, <laughs> right? So uh, I had to let that person go. And everyone, no one was surprised. In fact, I probably should have, I would have done better for team morale if I had let that person go sooner and everyone else would have been like, thank you, right? But I didn't, so it is the way it is. So let's talk about at home. I think our kids need to learn that lesson now with accountability. I think there should be goals. I think there should be goal charts. I think there should be daily chores, especially if you're like my wife and I, you have a family of nine people. You have seven little kids. They're, like This shouldn't just be my wife and I pulling all the weight for our, our family. There's plenty of things and chores around the house and even outside the house with chickens and cats and pets and things that, that these kids should and can have. They teach them not only how to do good work, there's a saying in our house, good work brings good reward, but also so that they learn accountability, that there is there are consequences and it doesn't always just have to be mom or dad being the one doing the disciplines. Other people in the family team start feeling the pressure when one person isn't pulling their weight. That's not to make them feel bad or guilty. It's just so that everyone, these kids learn This is what it's like to be part of a team. And this is what happens when there is a a, a person who's not pulling their weight and and not to make that person feel bad or guilty or shame them in any way. But just that's a good experience, I think, for all of us to have, because I think naturally in our society, especially in families, we are very hyper individualistic. I mean, businesses can't function individually. Uh, in a hyper-individualistic way. We need each other for this organization to run and to continue to operate and to grow. But in a family, people don't function that way. They've hyped everyone's their own person. And it's kind of seems like to me that the, the role of the mother or the father is to make sure that the kids in the family often get what they need and and are supported and the needs of the parents and the marriage aren't supported nearly as well. And so I think there should be goal charts. I think there should be daily chores. Now the, now, the nice thing about having them public is if someone is struggling with a chore, we can have a meeting to discuss some changes here. Like, because sometimes it's just that, that sometimes that kid just needs to do something they just don't like. And that is a good, important lesson to learn, right? That That is real life. Other times there's like an opportunity to change how we're running things so that things can be done, can, can run smoother. And, and so I liked, we get together as a, as a family. We have, uh, we haven't done them for a few weeks now, but we get together more regularly on Sundays. We have scheduled on the calendar for Sunday night, kind of our family team business meeting, so to speak. And we listen to like, how are things going? Like, let's check in what's working, what's, what, what's not working. And when things weren't working well, then I, then my wife and I would ask our kids to exercise their critical thinking skills and be a part of figuring out a better system. And part of what that looked like was mostly like Dana and I having like an idea, but trying to guide them through that process of like, okay, this isn't working. Um, we all get mad at this person or this person frustrates us because I can't. I can't load the dishwasher until that person clears the dishes off the table, but I can't clear, I can't wipe the table down until the dishes are cleared. And, you know, and so it's kind of like this, uh, like, so that's exactly what happened. Like one, one example, like each of the kids had a different chore every meal. So one person had to clear the, the table. Well, all the kids had to take their own individual bowls or plates or utensils and go rinse them off and put them in, in the dishwasher. 
you can see right away that if one person doesn't do this, everything else gets hung up, right? Then there's another person who, and these, uh, whose job it was to uh, clear the pots and pans and, you know, toppings and things like that, the food off of the table. Another person whose job was to uh, take those things and rinse them, clear them out and put them in the dishwasher. Uh, another person whose job was to wipe down the table, another person sweeping the floor, but the pe- the person sweeping the floor didn't want to do that until the table was wiped down because often they just shove stuff onto the floor when they're wiping up the table, right? And it's just this all – in a perfect world, it would work, but it, we are not in a perfect world, so it wasn't working. <laughs> so each kid had their own chore each, each meal, uh, and dinner was rough because – the little ones would take longer to get their chores done than the older ones. And then other ones had like, sometimes someone just was in a bad mood and didn't want to do it. And so everyone else to get held up. And then the question is like, okay, well, who's going to step in and cover for this person who's just having a bad mood is not doing it. Like, is that a valid reason for not doing your work? No, it's not. So then we'd all end up getting, going to bed late after the time figured it out. And so the kids came up with this different solution. They said, okay, how about this? Uh, let's have the little, the, the little kids, the younger ones clean up after breakfast and lunch because they're, um, you know, the, the, and the older kids just have breakfast and lunch off. Normally breakfast and lunch are much lighter meals to clean up. Um, people are just kind of like getting a bowl of cereal for breakfast or kicking some eggs and lunch is just kind of like make some sandwiches and, um, and, and clean up after yourself. So those are much lighter, lighter meals. And then dinner is the, the bigger meal that's cooked, that's prepared, that we're all sitting down to eat. That's a much messier meal. So, it's a like dinners are approximately the same amount of work as breakfast and lunch combined. And so the so the, they said, let's have the little ones clean up after breakfast and lunch. And then the older ones will just do dinner, which is the messier meal. And so then that will make that makes like each we're still kind of doing equal work. But then the idea is that after dinner, the older kids will clear up, clean up the table themselves and they can work much quicker, much faster. They do a better job just because they have better motor skills and can reach dirty rags and clean rags on their own and things like that. Um, little kitchen hack for you, parenthetically here. Uh, if you want to teach your kids, your little kids, how to do the matching game with the silverware or with the bowls or the dishes to help you unload the dishwasher, we moved um, most of our dishes to the bottom level cabinets on the floor rather than where most people have the dishes, which is be like up above, you know, uh, like face in front of our faces in the kitchen. So moving all those things to the bottom cabinets instead made it much easier for our kids to help with that chore, for example. Okay. So, um, so then Dana and I, after dinner now, are getting the younger kids ready for bed. We're not cleaning up our spots. We're not doing anything with the dishes. We just get up with the younger kids. All right, let's go get jammies on. Let's brush teeth. Let's clean up the rooms and get everything ready to go. While the older kids are now doing the table. And it went so much better. <laughs> it went so much better uh, when like the older kids are like, okay, we're motivated. We can just crank this out and be done. And instead of it taking like an hour to two hours every meal, depending on who was helping and what their role was and stuff, like we can just crank this out and be done in like 10, 15 minutes. And so that worked, that, that worked a lot better. But if we hadn't had had that conversation for our for our team and what's working, what's not working, then certain people would have just been stuck in stuck in certain jobs, and there would have been no one would have worked well, and and it would just been like 
a mess, right? And so we have this conversation pretty regularly. What's working? What's not? And why? And how do we fix it and make it better? And especially around work uh, in, in our family and having that public accountability where everyone's kind of can see what the other person is doing, I think works just as well in our family as it does in our um in our business and working and working together. So that worked really well. Um, I think that it teaches our kids accountability. It teaches them work. It teaches them critical uh, thinking, problem solving, and and also teamwork and and how and how do, how do we work together? A regular conversation that we also have is like. Who, who just needs to be done with their chore and move on to a different chore? We don't do this as much in business. We kind of tend to have our job description and stick with it. But, um, but our family, it's like, I am tired of wiping down the table. Can I do something else? I want to sweep instead. So I don't know, every few weeks, it seems like we're kind of switching jobs around and giving people access to try different things. And, and it kind of just keeps their interest level too. kind of not their interest level. They're not really super interested in chores, but um, th- their attitudes are better because, oh, this is something new for me to try. And rather than just like, I'm doing the same thing I always do and I'm just tired of doing it. And, you know, it's, it's something else. So uh, we we do tend to rotate whether it's not just the kitchen, but it's also feeding animals and cleaning rooms and making lunches and um, things like that as well. So uh, even cooking cooking meals, my 11 year old cooks way like he's on par with me. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm like that's saying much, but uh, he he like most of our kids uh, from about age seven, yeah, seven. Our seven year old can do this on up. Can take a cookbook and and make and and cook whatever it was. but that didn't that didn't come just out of out of like nowhere though like that was my wife cooking with them me cooking with them and teaching them this is what a cup is this is what a tablespoon in is here's this ingredient and so um, from a parenting perspective and the same thing happens in business when I hire a new person I expect it's going to take more time from for me to execute this task with them for about three months than it would have taken me if I had just done this on my own. And the same thing is, but after that, like that, it is, we are a much better place when that person can start doing it on their own without me, because now I, now they free up a lot of time. It's just like that upfront investment. The same thing with our kids. It is way faster for me to do the chore or make the meal or clean the room or get the job done. If it's just me by myself, than it is for me to try to teach it to my kids. But if I take the time and teach it to my kid, then it pays dividends for years until they move out of the house, I suppose. All right. And so what I had to just do in those training moments with our kids is kind of have the same mind shift that I had with our employees, which is, okay, this is, I am not in a get this job done work mode right now. I am a, in a teach this job to someone else work mode. So the goal here is not to accomplish this thing and get it done. The goal here is to train my child how to do this thing. Or the goal here is now to help them feel confident in, in what they're doing. So I just kind of like, for me anyway, I just got to reshape my mind, not reshape my mind, reset my mindset. And remember the goal here is to train, not to get this done ASAP. There are times I just need to done ASAP, but uh, if I can train it, I just make sure that there's uh, ample time for that. So yeah, those are my thoughts around team accountability on a business as well as um, some accountability with our family, kind of what that looks like for us. 
And as always, want to hear from you guys. Um, click the link below or just go to um, businessfamilymarriage.com and there's a voicemail link up there too or there's a link in the show notes. And love to, I love hearing from you guys. Like what questions do you have about this or about something else? What, what's your reactions? What, you know, what, what, what goes through your mind as, you, as, I, as I talk about some of this kind of stuff? I want to hear from you. I'd love to have these conversations together and talk about how we can grow more fruitful businesses, families, and marriages together. So thanks guys for hanging out. I'm going to get back to working on our consulting page, the language on there. And uh, I will see you guys again sometime soon for another Business Family Marriage Podcast episode. Thanks guys. Bye.